Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. Happy 2019. Hope that your new year is off to a wonderful start. We've got some great guests lined up for this year. And we have some new ways for our listeners to get connected to us. We have a new private Facebook group for Talk to Your Pharmacist listeners. For those of you who are interested in networking, advocacy, and leadership, I'll be doing some Facebook Lives within this group so that you can ask questions. Be sure to check out the Facebook page, Talk to Your Pharmacist, for more details, or follow our Instagram, Talk to Your Pharmacist, to find more about this new Facebook group. And for those of you who are getting ready for interviews, this episode is for you. You'll hear some tips and tricks for successful CVs and cover letters. Also, I am going to be hosting a second webinar on January 15th at 6 p.m. Central to help you prep for interview tips and to get you ready to ace your residency interviews. To sign up for this online webinar, visit the website www.pharmacyadvisory.com slash workshops. We'll also have more info on our Instagram page, Talk to Your Pharmacist. Now for our guest who can get your CV and cover letter in top shape. Well, today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Dr. Ashley Goulias, is the co-founder of Academy and Apothecary. She has been reviewing, creating, and formatting resumes for over 15 years, and Ashley specializes in assisting pharmacists and pharmacy technicians to emphasize their skills and work experience to obtain the fulfilling pharmacy positions that they desire. Ashley is a full-time pharmacist with a doctorate of pharmacy and is a mother of three. Ashley, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Oh, thank you, Hillary. It's uh, great to be here. I'm excited to talk about uh, resumes and pharmacy and answer any questions you may have. Awesome. And it's a good time to do, be doing that now, especially with a uh, residency process kind of in full swing. I know students are scrambling to get all of theirs organized and uh, submitted so that they can get into the, the residency process. So this will be good and timely. So now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life. Uh, sure. So I live in Greenville, South Carolina, and I went to Clemson for undergrad, and then I went to Wingate for pharmacy school, and I graduated in 2013, actually, but I've been in pharmacy now. This is my 16th year. So I'm one of those techs who finally got convinced to go to pharmacy school and finally went. So um, I married for almost 10 years, and we have three pretty rambunctious little kids. We've got uh, three boys age one, three, and five, which is 
got me pretty busy just right there. Uh, and I currently work as a community pharmacy manager for a nationwide company that provides specialty meds and diabetic testing supplies. All right. You fit all of that in. <laughs> yeah, somehow. I'm not really exactly sure how I do that. And then, of course, I'm a business owner and I and I do my um, academy and apothecary as well. So, yeah, pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so how did you decide to start uh, Academy and Apothecary? And, you know, is it just for pharmacists? Or just tell us a little bit more about, walk us through that journey. Sure. So a long time ago, another lifetime ago, I uh, had a part-time job for a headhunter in Athens, Georgia. And I started looking at resumes all day long, was able to pick out the good ones versus the bad ones and the stuff that, you know, really could be fixed. And I kind of started picking out that, you know, some people just really didn't know how to write them at all or how to format them. So uh, I just kind of started doing it on the side for friends and family and just did it on and off. I'd probably do, I don't know, four or five a year for a long time. And then when I was in pharmacy school, um, you know, we had to develop a CV and I would start looking at my colleagues and I'd be like, you know, this isn't very good. <laughs> so I uh, I helped do a CV workshop in pharmacy school and I helped teach other my colleagues in pharmacy school how to prepare a CV. And after I graduated, I started kind of doing it on the side and giving people pointers. And of course, people would always say to me, you know, you should really do this as a business. And I'd be like, no, it's kind of my hobby. It's a weird thing. I don't really know anything about being a business owner or an entrepreneur. I'm not, I'm not really sure. And then um, I was actually on this Facebook pharmacist moms group. And I was one of the first thousand people who were in this group over a year ago. And now there's over 18,000 of us in this group. And a lot of the questions and a lot of things that we discuss are resume tips and formatting and what to put on there, what to leave off. And I started to notice that there's a huge market for uh, pharmacists in general right now, because we have such a oversupply right now of pharmacists and we're all scrambling to find jobs. And honestly, most pharmacists have not had to make a resume. So wow. I started saying, you know what, this is, this is time. If I'm going to do it, I should do it. So when I was giving my tips online, I was, you know, so many people were like, you should start a business. You should start a business. And I said, okay. So literally driving down the road one day, I was like, you know what, I should look into this. I call my best friend slash first cousin who has a master's degree in education. And I said, Hey, I got this side business. I got an idea. If, if I write the content and do the formatting, formatting, will you be my copy editor? Okay. So I didn't even know what a copy editor was. So really what I asked her is, can you do all the grammatical reviews? And she said, Oh, like a copy editor. And I said, okay, sure. So boom, that day we decided to make it and it's called Academy and Apothecary. And built a website overnight. Boom. It was literally born overnight. And we cater to pharmacists, but we also do educators as well because Stephanie, my copy editor, is uh, a teacher. So she feels like she can help teachers. And we, we do some teachers, but we mostly do pharmacists right now. Awesome. Wow. That is neat. And yeah. it ties back into the pharmacist moms group, which um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So I'm not a mom yet, so I'm not quite, I haven't joined. Um, so I'm not quite sure what all the discussions are, but that's interesting that there's such a big market for resumes and CVs. And 
that I didn't even consider that some people have never even made one. So Ashley, maybe to some, it may seem like an obvious question, but for others, why should pharmacists, you know, have a professional CV and cover letter and why should they use a service to help them create that? Well, it's maybe not a universal answer for everyone, but some people probably are naturally good at it, kind of like I am. Um, So those types of people, or maybe people who are hiring managers themselves who review resumes or CVs regularly, uh, they, they probably don't need someone to help them because they see so many, it's kind of like how I got started. You know, you kind of start to see the good ones and the bad ones and you can kind of learn from that. But I will say that, um, you know, like you had just kind of hinted on, I think what's happened is with the pharmacist boom, um, 10 to 15 years ago and so many pharmacists graduating and with all those, um, sign on bonuses where people were getting for chains and where pharmacists were in such a huge demand that they were hired immediately after school by just applying online or word of mouth. So they never had a resume then. And now, skip forward 10 or 15 years, maybe they've been at that same job this whole time, and now they're ready for one, and they realize that they haven't either made one since school or they've never made one. So, um, But to answer your question, I think that the reason that we need one is because there is a supply and demand problem for pharmacists. And for example, I I just recently switched jobs. And during my application process, personally, I had applied to a position here locally in Greenville. And I I know somebody who works there and she gave me some feedback. Um, I was able to get an interview, but she told me that they had over 90 pharmacists apply for this one position. And they only had the job posted for about four days. And they just cut it off because they were like, well, surely we'll be able to find a pharmacist in those 90 applicants. So that just shows, that's just in Greenville, South Carolina. That's not in a major city. That's, this is just in pretty much the sticks. So you can only imagine how amplified that would be somewhere else in the country where maybe the supply and the demand is even worse than it is here because here it's actually not too bad technically compared to the rest of the country. So that being said, you know, um, you want to be able to make sure that your resume or cover letter or both get through the application tracking system, which is an online tool that companies use to pretty much make piles of candidates, right? They they have a good candidate pile, a maybe candidate pile, and a bad candidate pile. So instead of back in the day when you would hand in your resume and people would skim it and put them literally in those three piles, now there's a software system that does it. So you want to be in the good pile so that you are able to get pushed forward to the interview. If your resume lands in the bad pile, uh, that doesn't mean that you're a bad candidate. It just means that for whatever reason, your resume is lacking something that they're looking for. And you're not even going to be offered an interview. And you're going to get one of those very quick rejection emails sent back to you very quickly because you literally just didn't make it through the filter. So super important to be able to get through that system. And then on top of that, when you get a live person looking at your stuff, the statistical average of how long a hiring manager looks at a resume is only six seconds. (laughs) It takes six seconds before they can realize good or bad. And you want, you, if you only have six seconds, you want those six seconds to count. So if you're very skilled and you're able to do it on your own, great. If not, 
hiring a professional service is certainly the way to go. And at the very least, um, as a pharmacist, this should really hit home to people, but always have a second set of eyes look over it. You just never know what you could possibly miss. And you always want at least to have somebody else look over it. Yeah. Somebody maybe who's very good at English, very good at formatting. Um, you want to be very picky about who you pick too, not just like another fellow pharmacist because they probably don't know anything more than you do. <laughs> so you have to be very selective in who you pick. Well, Ashley, that is incredibly helpful. I think for a lot of people, the behind the scenes of what happens behind the interview process is just kind of a mystery. And so that was that was really helpful. Um, you hit on some of those points on, you know, the different that there are now services. And so another thing that I've uh, learned is that uh, you've got to be really careful about what keywords are used. Uh, for that job application and to make sure that your resume includes those keywords because that's going to be caught in the keyword search for the the automated system. So um, you you really nailed home all of those important points on why it's so critical to have a professional CV um, and, you know, what, you know, who needs to be looking at that. So what are some of the other big tips that pharmacists should know about creating a rock star CV? Oh, man. Gosh, that could be a podcast in itself just right there. Um, one of the things that the, the most obvious thing that I see when I look at someone's uh, resume or CV before I even done anything to it, you know, just the raw file that they send me is a lot of times there's just a lot of inconsistencies in the formatting. For instance, lots of different sizes of fonts, uh, multiple fonts, maybe somebody's using three or four fonts. Um, they're trying to get really uh, artistic about it and trying to be really graphical um, in their resume. And you want it to be very elegant and traditional and this is my personal opinion on a resume, but with us having a terminal uh, doctorate level degree, this is pretty much the most formal document that you could ever write about yourself. And it needs to be formal. So sticking with a very um, traditional font, such as um, Times New Roman, it doesn't have to be Times New Roman, but something similar to that with a, a very easy to read serif. It's one of those things where you just don't want too much attention brought to it. But at the same time, you want it to come across as very elegant and neat. So a quick formatting thing would be making sure you've got a consistent font, using bold when it's appropriate, using italics when it's appropriate, being consistent. So if you bold the title of your position, bold all the titles of your position. Um, and making sure your margins are equal throughout the document. Um, again, if you've only got six seconds, you would hate for someone to pull it up and say, gosh, this person doesn't even know how to do simple formatting. Like they're probably very disorganized. They're probably never going to show up on time and they don't care. That's the impression to me that you would be giving off with a not very aesthetically pleasing or elegant resume. So you don't want that impression. Um, if you're not like that, <laughs> if you are like that, then you're probably not going to make it anyways. But you know, you just want your first impression to be awesome. So that that's probably the first thing. And then you just want to work backwards. So look at the job posting and look at the types of jobs that you're applying to. Get familiar with the types of descriptions and how they're describing those positions for a clinical pharmacist or for a community pharmacist and work backwards. So if you see a lot of mentioning of patient care, 
you want to make sure you have patient care mentioned several times inside your resume uh, or, or CV. Um, the other two things I was going to mention is reverse chronological order is so important. So the thing that you have done most recently needs to be closest to the top because in hopes it's the most relevant. Um, and then the things that you've done a long time ago need to be towards the bottom of your document. Um, and that being said, although you cannot discriminate for age, um, you certainly don't want to be categorized as an older pharmacist because there's some other issues going on with the market with hiring new grads versus older grads and salary requirements. So because of that, I would recommend if you are a pharmacist who's been practicing for over 10 years, you might want to just leave off the information about the previous, like before the 10 years, because uh, A, is probably not relevant to what's going on in pharmacy today anyways. And then B, is going to just have a really big red flag that, um, quote, you're an older pharmacist, which really has no bearing on whether you can do the job or not. But still, if you give them the information, they can discriminate uh, against you on it. So just don't give it to them and they won't know. That they that is so helpful. Just all of those tips, formatting and, you know, where you put your information. Is it at the top or at the bottom? Um, and then just kind of um, – weaving in the importance of, of experience. Uh, so that, that, that's all really helpful. So one thing you mentioned, um, what would you say is the difference between a resume versus a CV? And is there ever a time to use uh, a resume versus the more formal, lengthy CV or curriculum vitae or life's work? So that's exactly the difference is that a CV or a curriculum vitae is literally means the curriculum or the story of your life. So for a CV, you really don't want to leave off anything. Everything goes on your CV all the way back to your uh, first rotations that you ever had. Information about you being a pharmacy technician goes in there every presentation that you've done. So it's one of those documents that you really have to keep up with because if you were trying to create a CV from 10 years ago from scratch, that would be really pretty difficult to remember all that information. Um, so they can be any length. Uh, CV, I have literally seen a CV that was over 30 pages. Um, I updated it a little bit. So it was only nine pages after I was done with it because there was a lot of space that could be taken out. Um, but they, they can be very lengthy. I say a typical CV for someone who's been practicing for 10 years or more is probably around six pages. Okay. So it has a lot of the same information. A CV always should have presentations. It should have uh, publications. It should have lectures that you've taught or participated in. Um, community service. What else? Uh, scholarship. Um, it's literally everything that you've done that's um, related to being a pharmacist. A resume is sh typically shorter, uh, one to two pages. Uh, two pages is completely acceptable and fine as a professional. So um, you, you don't have the presentations on there. You don't have your publications uh, unless it's super um, prestigious. And then you would probably try to find a way to put it on there. But typically, a resume has your, of course, your contact information, some type of objective or professional summary, and it has your work history, uh, your education, and then 
sometimes there's a little bit of room and you can put some skills on there or you can put some community service, but that's pretty much about it for a resume. And to answer your question about when you should use which one, oh man, there's so much bias in that question because there are some people who only believe that somebody should ever have a CV because you've got a doctorate degree. There's no reason why you shouldn't have a CV. So there's bias by the person who is looking at your document. And then there's your own personal bias on what you personally believe you should be presenting. So it's not a cut and dry answer. I can give you a little bit of guidance that if you're a very clinical pharmacist or you're in academia in any way, it should no doubt be a CV. There's no room for a resume in those two fields, in my opinion. Uh, if you are a community pharmacist, most of the time you could probably get away with a resume and it's fine. Also, a staffing position at a hospital, resume is also probably fine. My personal opinion on it, and technically, because we have that terminal doctorate degree, or most of us do, um, it's never wrong to submit a CV, ever, because that is what is expected of people at the doctorate level. But there's going to be people who think it's overkill, especially if you've just worked at Walgreens or CVS. People who have their own internal bias are going to be going why did she give me a CV? I just needed a resume. <laughs> so I guess it just kind of, it's, it's not a, a cut and dry answer. It's more about what you've done in your past and where you're headed, I think is probably a better way to answer that question. Um, of course, I'd be more than happy to discuss people's one-on-one -on -one situations privately, but that's not a question that you can just kind of universally sure. answer, unfortunately. <laughs> it is the number one question I get, but I it has to be specific Interesting. to that person. So, mm. so Ashley, you know, a lot of times I think pharmacists may be modest maybe, or mm -hmm. they may not know what's important. So how do you help pharmacists pull out their strengths and relevant skills so that they can stand out? So uh, this is something I'm going to need to develop on my own personally, but I guess it's my secret sauce. Uh, so with every order that I do for someone, um, when I'm writing for them and doing a custom order, I do a phone consultation with them and I just try to get to know them. So I don't look at their resume. I usually close my computer, close, close all the information, and I just start writing. I've got questions. We just have a conversation and I'm able to pick up on things. You know, I can kind of tell from their personality. Um, how well they flow with a conversation, if they're introverted, extroverted. Um, I kind of can read between the lines of what they're talking about. I ask them some targeted questions like, you know, why did you become a pharmacist? And um, tell me some things that you're passionate about. Um, and then I try to, I, I can just pull a lot of the information out of them. Um, I don't really have a very good formula for it. It's just something that I'm, I'm good at, I guess, is just pulling information out of people and getting them to open up and talk. So I usually just take a ton of notes. Um, sometimes it's in their skills. Sometimes, you know, I'm making notes about their skills and their personality. And I use that in, in their resume to make them stand out. Awesome. Yeah. No, that was kind of one of my questions was just you know, a little deeper on how the process works. And so hearing that, you know, it's very personalized, having a conversation with each pharmacist, um, makes a lot of sense because uh, then you can help to really start to know them and build out their strengths. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it sounds corny, but like I try to, 
like become them when I'm writing. So I try to get them to know them enough that I can represent them well. And I try to think about how, if I were them, how I would write it. <laughs> so I try to get through the conversation enough to know them uh, well enough to be able to write for them. Yeah. That makes sense. But not completely do it for them. <laughs> right. I mean, it's yeah, they're going to have to participate. Sure. I mean, Right. Um, well, course. so Ashley, we're all very impressed. Uh, how do you fit it in with a full-time job and family? Yeah, I don't really know how I do that. Um, that's a, that's a good question. So, uh, up until recently I worked for a large chain. So I had, uh, days off during the week. So I would schedule a lot of my interviews during that time and nap time was usually utilized where I would get to some work. Uh, but my work situation, my full-time position has changed a lot. So now I just work Monday through Friday. And um, now I do things after the kids go to bed. So after nine o'clock is pretty much prime time for me. So where most people just kind of veg out on the couch and watch junk on TV, I decided that I'll be productive during that time. And that's when I usually do the writing and I try to do the interviewing after nine o'clock as well. Um, but I'm on the East Coast, so for some people, that's only like 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, so it kind of works out. Um, so, yeah, I just do it in the evenings while they're sleeping and maybe a little bit on my lunch break. Sometimes I'll wake up early in the morning and do it before work, before the kids wake up. So I've got a great husband. He uh, He's fully supportive. He's an accountant, so that's really helpful in the business world. And he, he helps me with the business and get organized and keep my finances straight. And he's great with the kids. So it's it's great to have a good partner and a solid support team to, to help right. me out. That's awesome. I definitely need it. So Ashley, what excites you most about the future of pharmacy? Well, I'm really excited about the direction that pharmacy's headed. Um, I think there's a lot of bad press about the direction that pharmacy is headed. But for me, I'm most excited about being able to use my degree at, at the top of my education level. So being able to do more patient-centered care and moving from a dispensing payment role to an outcomes um, payment model for pharmacists and making sure that we're getting paid for the outcomes that we're being able to produce. Um, it's been proven over and over again that pharmacists uh, who are included in the healthcare team um, are save the healthcare system money. Um, so that's where MTM pretty much came from medication therapy management, uh, using outcomes on Marixa that people have talked about on the community setting. But um, I mean, that's where I think we're headed and I'm excited about it. I think there's a lot of changes and we're going through a, a phase right now where it's very up in the air and nobody knows how this payment model is going to work. So a lot of companies are just really concerned about what their, what their bottom line is going to be and where the money is going to come from. But I think that a few years into it, and I think that we will be able to prove it, and I think we'll be even um, more profitable because we'll be able to prove to the country that not only are we the most accessible resource available uh, with having one pharmacist every, what, five miles or something, the statistic is, you know, accessible, that we're going to be able to be the one that saves the most money. So I I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Um you know, I think that the days of being a mat pharmacist, which is what I call it, um, you know, where the pharmacist stands at a computer on a mat in a community setting, I, you know, those days I hope are over and that we'll be getting out more and interacting more with patients um, and giving more, uh, more um, 
job responsibilities to the technicians, um, if that's possible. So I'm, I'm excited about where pharmacy is going. I think we've, we've proven that we're um, a, a good addition to the healthcare team. And I think um, just give it a few more years of this rockiness and we're going to be at in every single healthcare team of in any setting. Yeah, so I think I'm that there's a lot of opportunity and it's great that you're helping pharmacists to stand out and to show off all of their skills. So, uh, yeah. So as our final question, Ashley, what is some advice that you would share with your younger self or for other pharmacists who are just getting started in their career? Oh my goodness. So my younger self... Oh gosh, that's a podcast right there. Um, my younger self, I would just say to stick with it and to keep the passion going. Um, it's never steered me wrong. It took me a long time to get to where I wanted to go, but I'm happy where I am. Um, I had a, some really great pharmacists help me out and guide me along the way, and I'm just super glad that I'm able to repay the repay the profession that's always been so great to me. And hope I hope that I'm encouraging and inspiring other pharmacists to be excited about their career again and fall back in love with being a pharmacist. So um, I don't know how much advice I would give my younger self because I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't been a pharmacy tech for 10 years. So, I mean, I'm pretty happy with it. I wish I had figured out that I wanted to be a pharmacist a little bit younger. So maybe I wouldn't have quite the student loan debt and I would be, um, I would have been able to um, practice a little bit longer before I had kids. But I mean, I really have no, no regrets whatsoever about that. And then younger pharmacists, I would say, I think a lot of pharmacists that I speak with, um, those who are about to graduate or who have only been practicing for a year are very wrapped up in the fact that they don't have their dream job, or they're not working in the exact environment that they had dreamed of. And the advice I would have to them is just, that's okay. This is your first job. And you're not supposed to find your dream job in the first job because there will be nothing to look forward to. So I would tell them to, if you're looking for a job, just get a job, get some experience under your belt right now, figure out what you like, what you don't like, because you probably don't know what kind of pharmacist you really and truly want to be um, until you actually start working in the field and, and try it out. So my advice would be when you're ready to look for the next job, it doesn't have to be your dream job either. It's just your next job. So just keep that in mind that it's always good to diversify your career portfolio and that this job doesn't mean that you're in a dead end job. It just means it's the job you have for right now in this exact moment of your life and working towards your end goal is what you should be doing, but don't get too wrapped up in the fact that you currently work for CVS and quote, you're so much better than that. And you need to be working in a clinical setting at John Hopkins okay, well, then that could be like your 10 year goal, but don't get too wrapped up in it right now. Like baby steps, one job will lead to another. Keep networking, keep doing all the things that you need to do. Don't ever stop learning. Keep keep that learning going. And one day you'll be able to reach it. Just don't get tied yeah. up with the right now. Well, Ashley, it was such a pleasure to get to chat with you. Excited about the things that you're doing and all of the great advice that you shared with um, other pharmacists out there because uh, there is so much opportunity and it is, it's, it's maybe not an instant uh, dream job, but you know, you've got to, 
get that CV right, learn how to network and uh, just keep going forward and, and keep working hard. So it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Well, thank you, Hillary. It was great. I really enjoyed uh, getting to know you a little bit better. And back to our sponsor, TheraWorks Relief, which I was thankful to have after our ski trip to help relieve my sore muscles from skiing all day on the slopes. And we have some new ways for our listeners to get connected to us. We have a new private Facebook group for Talk to Your Pharmacist listeners. For those of you who are interested in networking, advocacy, and leadership, I'll be doing some Facebook Lives within this group so that you can ask questions. Be sure to check out the Facebook page, Talk to Your Pharmacist for more details, or follow our Instagram, Talk to Your Pharmacist, to find more about this new Facebook group. And for those of you who are getting ready for interviews, this episode is for you. You'll hear some tips and tricks for successful CVs and cover letters. Also, I am going to be hosting a second webinar on January 15th at 6 p.m. Central to help you prep for interview tips and to get you ready to ace your residency interviews. To sign up for this online webinar, visit the website www.pharmacyadvisory.com workshops. We'll also have more info on our Instagram page, Talk to Your Pharmacist. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.